conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show. Conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Let me clarify a few things about what I'm going to say on today's program. When I make assertions, these are my beliefs and this is how I see things. I'm far from being alone in at least some of these positions of mine, but there isn't time or space on this program to lay out all the evidence for for why I see things as I do. Some of what I'm going to say is apocalyptic, no doubt. And again, many others also see things my way. And also, as I always relate, I am in no way advocating any type of violence in response to the wrongdoing I'm describing. That's what they want you to do, is do something crazy like that. And it wouldn't do any good anyway. Okay, all that said, let's dive into it. Just a few days ago, the evil, vile, criminal, and dedicated, and well-paid servant of the communist left and their globalist allies, Joe Biden, put out his first 2024 re-election campaign video in which he claimed to be defending democracy and vilified Donald Trump and the MAGA or Make America Again, Make America Great Again movement. You have to understand that Biden, like so many others, are the communist left. And I know he's becoming senile, but this is, that's beside the point, but let's move on. But Biden, like so many others on the communist left, always accuse you or other opponents of what they are in fact doing. And just about everything they say is, in reality, the opposite of what they're actually doing. Hence, Biden claims he's defending democracy when, in fact, he's destroying it. Biden claims Donald Trump and MAGA are threats to democracy when, in fact, they are defending it against Biden, the communists, and globalist elitists hell-bent to utterly destroy America as we have known it and transmogrify it into an unrecognizable totalitarian socialist world government hellhole with, they stupidly believe, them in charge. And to be concise, America is not technically a democracy. We are a constitutional republic based on principles of democracy. After the 2020 election, Trump supporters were stunned when court after court refused to consider the mountain of evidence of massive fraud in the election, culminating in our supposedly conservative-leaning Supreme Court reportedly voting 7-2 to to refuse to consider an appeal by 18 states to look at all the evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. This refusal to consider the evidence of election fraud has been a consistent pattern with both the communist Democrats, as they're often called, and Republicans, or more precisely, rhinos. That's Republicans in name only. Bought off, intimidated, blackmailed, or otherwise compromised to support the overthrow of the duly elected government of the USA. As was said on Trump's True Social Network recently, with Trump, you have all the investigations and no evidence of wrongdoing. With Biden, you have all the evidence of wrongdoing and no investigations, with the notable exception of the current U.S. House of Representatives probe of Biden family corruption. And election integrity 
As election integrity activist Mike Lindell has said, we had the crime of the century with a stolen 2020 election and then the cover-up of the crime of the century. This has led us to wonder why our Supreme Court and other courts have joined in this travesty of justice. Do we actually have a real judiciary? If you look at what's been going on, Trump supporters like Rudy Giuliani, it makes you wonder. And including our Supreme Court. Are their recent decisions just window dressing to make it appear to the public that they are a real court? Or is the bulk of our judiciary already in the hands of the communist globalist cabal now substantially in control of our government? We will find out soon enough, as the high court has just agreed to hear a critical case of states trying to remove Donald Trump from primary and general election ballots, as I understand it, over supposedly violating the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Also, with the Supreme Court's ruling requiring states to liberalize concealed carry laws, we are seeing leftist-controlled or so-called blue states moving to utterly gut the ability of these of their citizens to carry weapons. You have the recently enacted California Senate Bill 2, signed by the Chinese Communist Party asset, radical leftist Governor Gavin Newsom, and taking effect January 1, 2024. This law says, essentially, Okay, you want to get a concealed carry weapon permit? Fine. Now you are prohibited from carrying a weapon anywhere in public. How do you like that, slaves? A judge has already found this law, quote, repugnant to the Second Amendment, end quote, and issued a, I think, a preliminary injunction against its enforcement, which has already been stayed by an appeals court. This case will no doubt end up being appealed to the Supreme Court. We will then know whether we have a real Supreme Court or rather just a bunch of puppets doing the bidding of the totalitarian, loving globalists and communists. By the way, speaking of the radical leftist California Governor Gavin Newsom, did you see that Newsom recently visited China and was given an extremely rare personal audience with CCP leader Xi Jinping? The purpose of this trip was claimed to be Newsom wanting to talk with the CCP leaders about the hysterical false narrative of climate change. The CCP pays lip service to, the, to this fraud while laughing at idiot climate change fanatic leftists like Newsom, as well as continues to horribly pollute the Chinese environment and build yet more coal-fired power plants in China daily. It was also claimed Newsom wanted to talk about trade between China and California. Nothing much that I could see was made public about these supposed discussions. I say this, I say this is all a smokescreen. Newsom actually went to China to get the CCP's secret endorsement as the USA's next president, which I believe he did. It's been alleged the CCP was given the source code for building and operating a super secret CIA supercomputer system used to flip votes illegally via the internet cast on U.S. electronic voting equipment for Donald Trump to CCP asset Joe Biden and the same to other CCP-friendly and favored U.S. political candidates. I have a video clip from, I think, a CNN on the night of the California recall election of Gavin Newsom. It shows more than 350,000 votes cast for recalling Newsom instantly disappear from vote totals. Newsom eventually beat the recall effort by something like three to one. 
But I say this was yet another fraud, an example of the CCP's U.S. election interference, which, if true, is an act of war. To start off with today's sound files, let's look at the status of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee's investigation into Biden family corruption. This is an interview January 2nd with Committee Chairman James Comer by One American News Network's Katie Smith. The committee continues to proceed carefully and methodically to uncover as much as possible with and verify facts in this House impeachment inquiry. As I believe Representative Comer has said, the committee Republicans believe that they've uncovered that they've uncovered and substantiated just so far just the tip of the iceberg, the proverbial iceberg regarding this corruption. Please play soundbite one. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Representative James Comer, is untangling a complex web of financial transactions and shell corporations that seem to more and more implicate President Biden, his brother James, and his son Hunter in influence peddling. Well, we brought him in to lay out where he's at with the impeachment investigation. Representative Comer, where is the House Oversight Committee at in the process of holding Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress for defying that subpoena to sit for a deposition with the House Republicans last month? Uh, we're talking about our markup. We're going to have a markup in the oversight committee as soon as we get back next week uh, to hold Hunter Biden in contempt. So it's going to be treated like uh, any other piece of legislation. It's my understanding it will go through two, two committees of jurisdiction, the oversight committee and the judiciary committee chaired by Jim Jordan. So he and I work uh, very closely together, especially in this investigation. Uh, the committees should uh, pass those contempts out uh with a uh, at least party line vote, and uh, then they'll be ready to go on the full floor. And I'm confident that uh, the House Republicans want to hold people accountable. We've seen clips that show Jamie Raskins and other Democrats have said anyone who defied a congressional subpoena should be held in contempt. We know that Merrick Garland is trying to prosecute two people that uh, defied congressional subpoenas when the Democrats had the majority during the January 6th committees. Uh, we're going to see now if Merrick Garland will treat uh, the Biden family the same way he's treated Republicans in the past. Perfect. Okay, so let's turn to your impeachment investigation into Joe Biden. You've named dozens of witnesses to interview, but many of them were trying to dodge you using that holiday excuse. So you've decided to bring the depositions to them, sending your investigation on the road over the past couple of weeks. So how have those depositions been going? Who have you talked to? What new leads or information have you have they produced? Well, the most high-profile person that we've uh, interviewed or deposed would be the trustee for the AmeriCorps Health, uh, which was the company that Jim Biden, for all practical purposes, defrauded. And the reason that's important to our investigation is $200,000 of that money ended up in Joe Biden's back pocket. There's no question about where the money that Joe Biden received came from. It came from AmeriCorps Health, which was a healthcare company that was defrauded in the Biden uh, influence peddling scheme. So uh, they provided very valuable information for our investigation moving forward. And, and I can say with confidence that uh, the people that we're talking to, uh, it, it's it's even more concerning now then when we just had the bank records, the emails and the text messages, that alone was pretty damaging information. But now talking to people and hearing people, in fact, say uh, what role the, uh, the this or that Biden family member did uh, in this scheme is very concerning. And it should be concerning to every American. Obviously, January is going to be a very busy month for us. A lot of people tried to put off 
uh, as you said, uh, doing these interviews and depositions because of the Christmas holiday. And now that's passed, and I think they see we're serious uh, when we hold uh, Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress that we expect people to come in and, and do our uh, depositions. Absolutely. So what are some of those other depositions that you are looking forward to in these coming weeks? Well, we'll be talking to Tony Bobolinsky very soon. We expect to talk to Jim Biden very soon. Uh, we hope to uh, speak with uh, some other members of the Biden family that were in that list of two dozen people. We asked to come in uh, and sit down for interviews or depositions. Uh, we're trying to get Kevin Morris in, which is the Hollywood lawyer that's loaned Hunter Biden somewhere between two and five million dollars, depending on different uh, news reports. Uh, we have a lot of questions about that. So uh, January should be a very busy month for, for our committee deposers. Absolutely. And so you've also said that James Biden has committed just as many crimes as Hunter. But the only reason we don't hear about him as much is because he didn't leave a laptop lying around. So how far back have you been able to trace both James and Hunter's alleged influence peddling? Does this go as far back to Joe Biden's time in the Senate? Well, no, we didn't go that far back. We go back to uh, the second term of the Obama administration uh, from about the middle of the second term, 2014, on to uh, about 2020. Uh, that's the time frame that we've been focused on with, with respect to our investigation. And uh, it, it's very concerning. Uh, Jim Biden's going to have an opportunity. We're going to give him due process. He's going to have an opportunity to come in and explain uh, some of these payments. But a lot of money that Jim Biden received were, were uh, direct payments from some of these Hunter Biden shell companies. Jim Biden has a company uh, that uh, looks to me like is a lobbying firm. He's not a registered lobbyist, uh, but uh, you know he'll have an opportunity to come in and answer a lot of specific questions about some specific transactions. Yeah, Chairman. So you've said your investigation has uncovered $15 million in suspicious payments to Hunter and James Biden, and they've called them loans, which were neither reported or repaid. And around 2018, the Bidens became aware that there was a lot of heat from the IRS around the large and suspicious wire money transfers into their accounts from overseas. So that's when they began to call these large payments loans. So because the loans don't have to be reported on their taxes and the IRS wouldn't know about it, but they had absolutely no documentation to back it up, which which is asinine. So will you be able to actually prove that payments to Joe Biden were disguised with supposedly repaying the family loans. Like you said, bank records don't lie. Bank records don't lie. Look, uh, Joe Biden's had over a month to prove that uh, the $240,000 that we've identified that, that he took in from his brother uh, was a loan. Now they say it's a loan. The meat the mainstream media says it's a loan, but look, uh, if, if you pay me back a loan for $240,000, then I should have a check going to you at some point before you paid me back the $240,000. Mm -hmm. I should have given you a check for $240,000. They can't produce that check. They can't produce loan documentation. But at the end of the day, one thing that's certain is that the money that Joe Biden took in, uh, even if it were a loan repayment, which it it wasn't, but let's say it was because that's what the media is saying. The money came from influence peddling. So either way, Joe Biden's benefited to the tune of at least a quarter of a million dollars from his family's shady influence peddling schemes. Now, we believe that Joe Biden is the ringleader. Uh, we have a lot of questions and, and uh, hopefully they'll come in and, and defend their good family name. Uh, if, I, if I were 
the Bidens, I would want to come in and answer questions if I had nothing to hide. So uh, this is going to be an opportunity for the Bidens to come in and answer questions. And look, we have an hour. Then the Democrats will have an hour. And, and we all know and we've all seen uh, in lifetime that the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee are essentially de facto Biden criminal defense attorneys throughout this whole investigation. So, you know, the they're going to have uh, opportunities to answer softball questions and uh, they're going to have an opportunity to, to spend time with the Democrats who, who uh, you know, have, again, served as their criminal defense attorneys to this. But, you know, we've got specific questions. Bank records don't lie. We know that millions of dollars have gone into the Biden family. Uh, we don't know what they did to receive the money. And we know that Joe Biden's been very dishonest about his knowledge and involvement in his family's influence peddling schemes. I'm rather worried about uh, the continuation of these investigations, as important as they are, with all these Republicans jumping out of uh, resigning from Congress like fleas jumping off a dog. I don't know how many of these people are actually rhinos, but the Republicans, I mean, are they going to be able to keep their majority in the House? We hope so. And are they all going to vote and stand together like the Democrats are? We hope so. If you're looking for a great source of real news about what's happening today in America and the world, I highly recommend One American News Network, which was the interview where, where the interview was that you just heard. It's a subscription service, but I currently pay only $5 a month for it. I think it is well worth it. Moving on, as you know, the appallingly corrupt Chinese Communist Party, CCP, influenced, if not controlled, mainstream media, is cheering on the appallingly corrupt Biden administration's dictate to equally appallingly corrupt left-wing state prosecutors and courts to get Trump, as Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz calls it. This is always also the title of a recent book by Dershowitz. While these sickeningly corrupt CCP-aligned entities did nothing but furiously bark and bark all during Trump's term in office about how the 20... 16 election was supposedly rigged and stolen by Trump and Russians. No evidence for this was ever found, despite official investigation after investigation. We still, it seems, have at least a semblance of transparency in our media, so the findings of these investigations had to be made available for public scrutiny. As I said earlier, the left almost always uses the trick of accusing their opponents of doing what they are doing. Since they are getting increasingly desperate to destroy Trump and all his key supporters, we have the wave of left-wing plots to ruin Trump legally and even imprison him for life for doing nothing wrong. All Trump did was question the legitimacy of the 2020 election, which is exactly what the left has been doing about the legitimacy of the 2016 election that put Trump in office. Here's commentary on this unprecedented persecution of Donald Trump my former Trump advisor, Steve Bannon, on his War Room program, also on January 2. Play sound by two, please. Tuesday, 2 January, your Valor 2024, starting off with a bang. I hope uh, your head is blowing up. That's the purpose here. This is not beanbags, right? You're fighting for uh, control of the greatest nation not simply on the earth, in the history of the earth. And this is a populist revolt. You now have a say-so. You're at the table. 
Remember, in Washington, D.C., in the imperial capital, not in the room, not in the deal. Donald Trump, uh, the American Cincinnatus, has put you not only at the in the room, he put you at the head of the table. And that's why they hate him. Oh, and that's why they hate you. This is a struggle for, let's just be blunt, this is a struggle for power. It's a spiritual war, but it manifests itself in this veil of tears about power. Uh, you got it, and they want to take it from you. You finally have it, and you have tremendous leverage. Now, we have to enforce the leverage, and that's where it gets a little sticky. Uh, right now, you have people, good people, a good man like Mike Johnson, not getting it done, bro. And guess what? We're not going to tolerate that. Okay? Just not going to tolerate it. We're just not going to get a uh, another McCarthy that has a biblical worldview. Right? He's got to step up. Just like in any war. If you can't get it done, next man up. Boom. Let's roll. You see this in the National Football League. You see it in college football. Been following that. Next man up. So what we don't need, Speaker Johnson, to be blunt... We don't need a photo op down at Eagle Pass. As much as we would love to actually, again, a mainstream media show, Eagle Pass, Texas, they're not going to show it. You're just wasting time. You need to take action. You need, first off, to stick out the ninth is absurd. You know, we didn't take a day off here except for the Sabbath. And I'm not saying, oh, we're so great. No, our team wouldn't, wouldn't do it. We couldn't. You can't do that. We're in the middle of a struggle, one of the greatest struggles in the, in the history of the world. In the history of the world, if you go back, if you like history, go back and read about the American Revolution. Read about how the revolutionaries made Boston a hellhole for British authorities. Yeah. Go back and read about the end of the Roman uh, Republic. Read about the end of the Roman Empire. You're in those type of historical times right now. This is a great fourth turning in American history. And you're the driving, you're the protagonist. You're the protagonist, and man, that's why they hate Trump, and that's why they're out to destroy Trump. If you just look on the calendar, if we just go back to the calendar, hey, guess what? On 11 January, right, right, uh, right uh, near the, um, the the Iowa caucus, he's got to be in court in Manhattan. Go down 11 January's of court in Manhattan, closing arguments to take his business from him and fine him a quarter of a billion dollars. That hasn't happened since the Moscow show trials of the 1930s. That's something Mao Zedong did. This has never happened in the history of this country. It has never happened in the history of this nation. A couple of days later, he's got another defamation case. I don't know. From this woman about, I don't know, it's some charge. Sound ludicrous. President Trump, I guess they, they said this thing, he lost, and then he's made some comment, and they got him back again for a defamation case. They got Sherry Lakes come up for a defamation case. We couldn't even put that on the calendar. She's coming for a defamation case. They're trying to destroy everybody around Trump and, and, to, and, to, and to make sure that they're not focused. That's why we need maniacal focus, maniacal focus. Here's a maniacal focus. On the evening of 19 January, okay, if your representative's doing their job, the government has no more money, no more of your money. How about that? No more of your money. Until you secure the border, no cash. Close the border or close the government. Flat out bang. And you can't, but you're underwriting what's happening at these airports. You're part of, if you consent to this, you're part of, you're underwriting the child trafficking. You're underwriting the child trafficking. You're underwriting the child trafficking. You and your home having your Warpath coffee right now. 
sitting there, Steve, well, don't blame me. No, 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 no. We're all complicit. As Rosemary Jenks said, because the representatives are complicit. We have to make it uncomfortable for them. And when I say uncomfortable, I mean stepping up and saying, no, we're not going to do this anymore. We've played enough games, and we're not, we don't want the conversation about sending $70 billion of your hard-earned money over to the Charnel House over in Ukraine, when all the articles, and I, I don't have time to get Ben on today, so try to make you the tonight or tomorrow. Guess what all the articles about? About how the recruiting, where have you heard this? Maybe on War Room a couple of months ago? What's the big issue in Ukraine right now? The toxic issue is the, uh, is the press gangs, let's call them what they are, the press gangs going around trying to get every available male to the front line in Ukraine, because they don't want to fight. You know why? Because they know they're just being sent down there by Zelensky and these oligarchs who are taking the American money to die, to die, with no prospects of victory. As a harbinger of what's intended for the USA, here's audio from a video posted January 2 again on YouTube, to their credit, from the China Undercover Channel. It's titled, Hong Kong's Tragic Transformation from a Haven of Liberty to a Victim of Beijing's Tyrannical Grip. As you may know, Beijing abrogated the agreement they had with Great Britain to allow Hong Kong to be self-governing for, I, I think it was until, what, 2040 or something? They just came in and took over, and they have been oppressing the people there ever since. Please play soundbite three. Hong Kong pro-democracy advocate Jimmy Lai is currently on trial facing up to life imprisonment in what is seen as China's harsh crackdown on dissent in the formerly autonomous city. Lai, 76, fled China for Hong Kong as a youth and built a successful fashion and media empire, including founding the outspoken pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily in 1995. He was on the front lines of protests against China's growing encroachment on Hong Kong's freedoms after the 1997 handover from British rule. Beijing imposed a sweeping national security law on Hong Kong in 2020, effectively ending its autonomy. The loosely defined law criminalizes anything deemed a threat to national security, including criticizing the government. Consequently, people escaped as Hong Kong freedoms have rapidly eroded. Just last year, 113,200 residents left Hong Kong in 12 months, contributing to a 1.6% drop in population. The CCP has rigged the electoral system to allow only approved patriots to hold office, resulting in record low turnout. Foreign companies are also departing en masse as the economy declines. Lai was among the first arrested under the new law. His assets were frozen and Apple Daily shuttered. He was initially sentenced to over a year in prison for participating in 2019 protests. Now Lai faces additional charges of colluding with foreign forces, which can carry a maximum life sentence. He has already been held for over three years in solitary confinement. Lai's trial is being watched internationally given his stature. He was denied bail, jury trial, and right to a foreign lawyer. The court also dismissed concerns that witnesses were coerced. With a 100% conviction rate, Lai's guilty verdict is preordained.
The CCP aims to make an example of the activist to terrify other dissidents into submission. Beijing wants the world to accept its vision of Hong Kong fully under its control. But to pro-democracy advocates, Lai's trial epitomizes China's comprehensive dismantling of Hong Kong's cherished freedoms. This is what's coming for America if we don't stand together and stand against the tyranny planned for us by the fanatical communists and communist supporters and their allies, the rich and powerful globalist oligarch monsters who want to enslave us, as maddening as this sounds, under a tyrannical new world order, totalitarian world government. You know, I didn't understand this. Uh, the, the World Economic Forum, you've probably heard about, we've talked about it. all these rich people come from all over the world to get together, the rich, the powerful, the governmental people, the titans of industry, they get together in Davos, Switzerland, I guess later this month is supposed to be their annual gathering, and they talk about how they're going to run the world and everything. They've been involved supposedly in helping to advise the communist Chinese on how to set up their economy, including this idea of state-owned enterprises, and uh, that's also known as stakeholder capitalism. These people apparently believe that it's inevitable that communism and capitalism be merged, and we're going to do away with capitalism somehow. And somehow they're going to stay, keep their money in there. It's just the most madness, maddening thing I've ever heard of. Finally today, here's commentary by TV and podcast host Glenn Beck on why 2024 will decide the fate of America. Please play soundbite four. So yesterday, on yesterday's uh, broad podcast, uh, we talked about, how does this end? I mean, let's just play this out. How does this end? The next 12 months are going to decide America's future. And think of the pressures that are upon us. You've got war. Uh, If we have time, I'll get into what's happening in Ukraine and what the president did yesterday. And, you know, we played yesterday the audio of uh, of Lindsey Graham and John McCain in 2016 saying right after the election, this is going to be the year 2017. We're coming and we're going to teach Russia and Putin a lesson. And that didn't happen. I think Trump thwarted that. So what happens? His second term is lost and we go where? Right into Ukraine. So we have that, we have the economy, we have the trouble on our streets. We have all these pressures on us, and now let's throw this log on the fire. We have Donald Trump and Joe Biden running. In normal scenarios, that wouldn't necessarily be so bad, but we're not in a normal scenario. You have Donald Trump running, who the left is trying to knock out. They're trying to take your choice away. They're trying to make sure that he can't run, and they're doing using every trick in the book. How does that work out, do you think? If Donald Trump is goes to jail, do you think there's maybe 20%? Eh, hell with that. 10% of our nation that will not stand for that? I think that's a pretty easy bet. What do they do? I don't know. What does the FBI help them do? I don't know. So if he if he goes to jail, bad news. If he doesn't go to jail and Biden runs, 
let me ask you. Biden runs and he wins. Is anybody on the left or anybody on the right going to believe it? I'm not. I mean, I just have a really hard time. If there's anything funny going on, I'll have a really hard time. If he loses, what's that outcome? We'd be happy. Do you think the left is just going to sit around and not set the country on fire? Do you think they're not going to do what Hillary Clinton said to do with Joe Biden last time? Never concede, never concede, never concede. It was a stolen election. So you got the same scenario. So how, so what, what is the plan? That I can't come up with another way out on those two things. Trump wins, Biden wins. Trump goes to jail. Trump doesn't go to jail. Biden loses. I mean, I can't think of other scenarios. And I'm pretty good at this. Okay. Let me give you one more. How does this one end? Biden runs. We're getting up to the election. They decide there's there's not going to be a debate. And we all know it's because Biden, in a year from now, is going to degrade even more cognitively. And so he's looking worse and worse when he does speak. And so they... Keep him out, and there's no debates. That's not going to work out well. And if that's happening, people will know, both in and out of the Democratic Party, oh, my dear Lord, it's Kamala is going to be the president. If she's the president, at any time, the world's on fire. But I don't think anybody wants her to be the president on the left. So what happens? Kamala Harris replaces as the top of the ticket. Trump wins. Unbelievable streets on fire, right? But if Biden and the Democrats know that he's not going to make it, what they should do is replace Kamala Harris. But they can't because she was a token. Remember, I'm going to find a black woman. Oh, okay, well, let's not go get the best person. Let's just go get the person of color. If you want to know how that ends, just see what's happening at Harvard right now. The left will set the streets on fire. So there's no way out there. Now let me share something with you that only the Democratic Party can do. The Democratic Party, after the election of Ronald Reagan, they... They did not want that to happen to them. Some outsider cannot just come in. What do the people know? So we need to have veto power, and they're called superdelegates. These superdelegates at this point have all been chosen by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. They're in the bag for all the elites. And it is within their purview to vote against what the public has voted for. So you're a Democrat. You out to the polls. You vote for Joe Biden, and they get together and they say, Joe Biden is a disaster. Nobody really wants him, but nobody stepped up to take it from him. We can't make this happen. We can't let this happen. It'll be disaster. And so they have the power then to override the vote of the primary. And they can nominate hmm, Michelle Obama. People ask all the time, who's really running the country? My guess is the traffic between Georgetown and the White House, pretty high. 
my guess is it's the Obama administration that is actually running this place. And they're letting him do all of the all of the tough things. All of the tough things. Let him do it. He serves one term. Who could possibly be elected on such a short period of time? Who has the name recognition? Who has the trust? Who can remind people how great it was that, remember when Barack was in in office? We just got started, and then we had to leave, and, oh, and then Donald Trump, and we're going to finish this. It's the first female black president, Michelle Obama. The only one that is going to have a problem with this in the Democratic Party will be Michelle Obama. She doesn't like the country. She hated the White House. But boy, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something? The only, as a fiction writer, the only scenario that works for me that I can see playing out in anything other than a disaster, but as Always, the Democrats always have a win-win scenario. It's always bad for America, but it's win-win for them. He runs, he loses, the country set on fire, the president still has executive power, he takes control. It was an unfair uh, and rigged election, and January 6th and whatever, the streets are on fire for at least three months if there's an inauguration. I'm not saying there wouldn't be, but streets are on fire for three months. Dramatically impacts America. Okay, that's a win if you're trying to destroy the country. And then if you realize that the globalists are really the ones who are buying, you know, $15 million homes on islands who couldn't pay their student loans when they got into the presidency, if you realize those globalists are really the ones behind the scenes pulling the strings anyway, all you would need is just to soften people up onto what could be coming. You know, Sam, this is pretty scary stuff. Glenn Beck's been wrong before and admitted it, but he said that... uh, he did say, he, as a fiction writer, this is some of the scary scenarios he sees. I'll get a little bit more into that on, as far as how I see things going in a moment. I just the other day heard World Economic Forum founder and president Klaus Schwab, protege of China fan and benefactor, the late Henry Kissinger, declare that 20, by 2030, quote, there will be no private cars on the roads, unquote. The WEF, about two years ago, posted a video on its website, since taken down after the uproar over it, that was titled, Eight Predictions for 2030. Number one was, and I quote, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. These people are very serious about this. The World Economic Forum annual gathering at the Swiss resort town of Davos, and this is supposed to happen later this month, is attended by titans of industry and business, politicians, and social influencers from around the world. They gather there to plot how they will run a future new world order, world government. These people worship communist China and seek a future world government based on the CCP model of governance. 
They should not be ignored. Klaus Schwab brags that the World Economic Forum controls half the or more than half of the uh, parliament in Canada. It's just one example of their power. It's clear to me that the evil force is now substantially controlling America's government and other social and societal institutions have no intention of letting Donald Trump be reelected to the White House. I believe they have a plan, as you just heard Glenn Beck talk about, for what they want to do. Should what seems like a miracle of true election integrity be regained and Trump and supporting political candidates win in a landslide in the 2024 election next November, which they surely will do if we have a true, free, and fair election, that plan would likely be nationwide rioting by Antifa, that's the supposedly anti-fascist communist organizations, and Black Lives Matter, agent provocateurs, to such an extent that Joe Biden would declare martial law, arrest Trump and his key supporters, and nullify the election, thus enabling the completion of the real coup to take over America. The leftists and globalists continue to work diligently to emasculate our military, defund and destroy local law enforcement, and keep millions of military-age illegal aliens illegal alien males from around the world pouring across our southern border so they can be used to help out in the planned rioting and other civil disobedience. So we have just begun the critical new year of 2024, a year in which the fate of the United States and Western civilization will likely be decided. The immensely powerful forces which want to radically reshape Western civilization into what would be, in reality, some kind of third world totalitarian socialist hellhole, do so stupidly and at their own risk. Because many of them will also perish alongside the rest of us who would resist these, this approaching apocalypse. All you have to do is study what happened in all the other totalitarian states over the past century. Russia and the Soviet Union, China, North Korea, North Vietnam, and the rest. In every one of these states, many of those who initially took power were later exiled, imprisoned, or executed. I'm sure, I'd sure like to wish everyone a truly happy and prosperous New Year. And I'm filled with dread about what's about to befall us all in the coming months. If we cannot take back our country, as Ben Franklin is reported to have told the signers of the American Declaration of Independence, who admittedly were at the time committing treason against the British crown, he said, and I understand this is a quote, we had better all hang together or we will surely all hang separately. That's a wrap for another show. As always, we hope you found the content of today's show of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted soon here on The Jim Benson Show page at bbsradio.com. Look for us two weeks from today in this same time slot with another live show. And have a great rest of your day and evening.